I'm Tavi Nasir, and this is Leadership Biz Cafe, a podcast that provides insights and tools to help leaders take on the challenges and opportunities found in leading today's workplaces. Leadership Biz Cafe is brought to you by Tavi Nasir Leadership, our leadership firm that offers keynotes and corporate trainings in both virtual and in-person settings that will help you to improve the way you lead and guide your organization's growth and future successes. To find out how we can help you today with your leadership challenges and discover your untapped opportunities, visit our website at tanvinasir.com. And now I'd like to introduce my guest for this episode, Kevin Eikenberry. Kevin is the Chief Potential Officer of the Kevin Eikenberry Group, a leadership and learning consulting company. He is the best-selling author of Remarkable Leadership, Unleashing Your Leadership Potential One Skill at a Time, and the co-author of From Bud to Boss, Secrets to a Successful Transition to Remarkable Leadership. His latest book is The Long Distance Teammate, Stay Engaged and Connected While Working Anywhere, which I'll be speaking to him about in this episode. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the Leadership Biz Cafe. It's wonderful to have you on my show, my friend. We've collaborated on a number of ventures and events over the past few years led by your team. So it's a nice change of things here to have you be the guest expert here. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. I've been looking forward to this. Now, Kevin, a lot of leaders are currently trying to navigate and understand what the future of work will be like in their organization. And despite some high-profile examples, from my own work and conversations with executives in a wide range of industries, it's pretty clear that most recognize that they will have to create some form of a hybrid work model in their workplace, which itself presents a unique challenge. Now, in terms of those moments where we are working remotely, There are some areas we need to address to ensure our employees can succeed in this environment. And you define this in your book as the 3P model. So to start things off here, Kevin, could you share what this 3P model is and how it can help leaders better understand how they should go about approaching this new future of work and the embracing of a more hybrid work environment? Yeah, the 3P model is really all about what it is that is required of team members for them to ultimately be successful in this new world, right? Where they're working, let's just call it at a distance, some or all of the time, right? So the three Ps are productivity, proactivity, and potential. And so Tanvir, the the, the productivity thing is, you know, it's, it's interesting, pre-pandemic, people said, well, people are far more productive working from home or remotely. Uh, and that's what the research always showed. But if you ever worked from home in the old days and the before times, you worked from home and you didn't have any interruptions. But working from home now is full of interruptions because you're in meetings all day, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, our focus here is on how do we help people be productive? And in the future, that will be probably how do their days need to look when they're in the office and perhaps when they're not, if they're, if they're alternating. And proactivity is the single biggest thing in our research that we found that it takes for people who are remote to be successful. And that is that they they can't be waiting around. They can't be wondering about what's going on. They've got to be willing to raise their hand, ask a question, be willing to help, and generally be proactive for themselves and their careers, as well as for their work, so that they can get the best possible results. And then the potential one is thinking about their work and life in the longer term, that every opportunity, every communication has the potential to have long-term impact, positive or negative, on their work and on their future. 
One thing I like about this 3P model of yours, Kevin, is that a lot of discussions I see with people discussing the future work and how the hybrid work model will work in the organization tends to focus on structures and processes and not on behaviors. And what I like about this is that it's really tied to understanding people's behaviors and how they perceive their work and how they're contributing to their team. And there's been a number of studies regarding behavioral change that have shown that a critical first step in the process is starting with changing your mindset. More specifically, changing how you view or understand something so that you become more open to changing the behaviors you need or want to change to get that improvement or end goal you're after. And in your book, you actually point out that this is also an important first step to becoming a more effective and successful teammate on a remote or hybrid team. So what are some of the mindset changes we need to make to start our journey towards becoming a better hybrid or remote teammate? Well, I think the first one is to recognize uh, a new definition of your work. So a lot of people say, well, my, my job is my work, right? My task list, my to-do list, my job description. And yet for the most, for most of us, our work should equal our job plus, or excuse me, our job should equal our work plus team work. In other words, there's a part and a role that we play as a part of the larger group, the larger system. And the longer people work at home when all they see is the other end of their dining room table or that spare bedroom is that they kind of forget that they're a part of something bigger. And so I think the first mindset is to realize that our job is more than just our task list. And we must see ourselves as a part of that bigger team. The second mindset is recognizing that we have to be more proactive, as we already said, that we can't just wait. We can't live in wonder. We need to think about how we can choose to engage to help make for, for better results for us and for our team. And then I'll finish with that word engage. So much, Tanvir, as you and I both know, of the conversation about employee engagement is about what leaders need to do. But ultimately, engagement starts with the individual making a choice to say, I'm in, that I care, that this matters to me. And so the most effective teammates, especially in a long distance or hybrid environment, uh, are those that are going to make the choice to be engaged. And that's, that's a different choice in some ways when we are when we aren't in the same place as our teammates. I'm so glad you brought this up, Kevin, because as you and I both know, one of the main challenges people are having with working remotely, whether it's for part of the work week or full time, is staying motivated and engaged in the work you do. And I think it's important for us to point out that this happens to all of us. And you've have found that there's actually four common causes for why we sometimes end up feeling unmotivated when we're working remotely. So can you share what those four causes are? Well, so let me let me back up first and say that I think that this is one of the reasons that a lot of senior leaders are giving for we got to bring everybody back because they don't think it's possible for people to to be engaged when they're not there. And and our experience, I mean, I've been leading a, a hybrid team for well over a decade. Our experience and our experience with clients is that's just not true. We just have to think about it differently. We have to help and support our team members in new ways in order to make that happen, right? Um in, in terms of those choices, we have, to, we have to help people realize that when they choose to be engaged, good things happen, right? They're, they're in a better position to be promoted. They are, uh, they are likely to enjoy their work more. They're going to have better relationships with their team members. So just a whole variety of things, that, good things that happen when we, when we make that choice. It isn't just, the, 
I'm working for the man, I'm working for the company, and they're trying to get more out of me, right? If we think about it that way, why would we make that choice? But when we realize that ultimately it's decisions that we're making as individuals, and there's great benefit for us in making those choices. Right. And, you know, I'm actually liking that you're bringing this up because a lot of times I've had leaders who that's their concern. Like, well, how do I help my employees be engaged if I am not in the same room with them and as I can't observe them working together and so forth? And as you pointed out, the onus is on your employees to do that. Your job is to create an environment where they're inspired and driven to want to deliver their best, where they are thinking more than, as you pointed out at the beginning of our conversation, I'm not just here to do certain tasks. I'm part of this team where I want the team collectively to succeed. Yeah. As a leader, one of our most important roles here is to help people see that bigger picture, that goal, that purpose, whatever words you want to put there. Uh, people have to see that they're they can be a part of something bigger than themselves. And that's harder to remember when we're not walking into a building and seeing the name of the company on the, the front of the building and seeing pictures of how our product or service gets used in the marketplace on the pictures in the hallway and, you know, and seeing the metrics on the monitors in the lunchroom. So uh, as a leader, one of the best things we can do to help people make that choice to engage is to keep them connected to the purpose and how, I, as an individual, can truly make a difference doing my work. Again, this is probably something you write about in your book, and it's this issue that one of the reasons why we can feel unmotivated is because we have a lack of focus. And there's a reason why I wanted to bring this up in discussing with you, because this is something that I've brought up in some of my leadership keynotes, where I point out how it's hard sometimes when we're working remotely or not in the same room to kind of be able to have clarity over what are the issues that are not simply urgent, but are also directly tied to our long-term goals. So not focusing on those mission-critical goals impedes our ability to succeed in achieving those goals, which again, builds into your point that now we're just focusing on the task, what I need to do on my to-do list, as opposed to the context of how is this fulfilling the larger objectives of the team as a whole. And there's something I really want to discuss and have you share with our audience here. And it's these, what you call four pivot questions that can help you determine what tasks or work you should be prioritizing. And if you've attended any of my in-person or virtual keynotes or workshops, I'm sure it comes as no surprise that I want to have Kevin talk about a series of questions we should be asking. So I'd love it, Kevin, if you could share these four pivot questions with our listeners. Well, these are the pivot questions we think to help us pivot our productivity in the right direction, right? So uh, we like to think of them as uh, these questions. Number one is, and you already mentioned a little bit about focus. Where is your focus right now? Are you focused on the right things? Are you living in the tyranny of the urgent, right? Understanding the difference uh, between the urgent and the important. So where's your focus now? If you don't like your answer to that question, you need to pivot to in a, in a new direction. Second question is, what is the best of use of your time? Or really, we should answer, ask these in, a, in the first person, right? What's the best use of my time right now? Mm. And anytime you know, that we ask ourselves that, we give our ourselves the chance to pivot if we don't like our answer. The third one is, how can I influence others to maximize my productivity? So the point here is that, as I mentioned earlier, we often find ourselves interrupted all day long. And I'll just simply say it this way. If every time someone sends me an email, I respond immediately, 
why would they stop sending me those emails? <laughs> yep. Right. We're teaching them how to work with us. So the reality is if someone comes into our office in the old days, or if we are in the office and we immediately drop what we're doing and answer their questions, they're going to keep bringing their questions, but it, we can come up with new approaches together that, that, lump items together that don't have us make everything urgent for both parties. And we can really think about how we can influence others. And so together we can all get better productivity. I think there's going to be real opportunities in this area, Tanvir, as relates to which work do we do on which days, right? We should be looking, if, if, if you're in a situation where you're going to be in the office some days and working from home other days, then you should be doing different work mm. on those days that you're in the office, right? That should be the days that you're doing collaboration, not because we can't collaborate at a distance, but because everything else being equal, why not do it then? If I'm just going to go to the office and sit at my computer all day, why did I come in? Which is what many people are asking, right? So we can think about how we can influence others or work together to maximize all of our productivity. And the last of the four pivots is what habits impact your productivity and results? And and beyond even what we wrote when we wrote the long distance teammate is this idea that if you're going to work some days in the office and some days at home, you're going to need two sets of habits. You had one way of starting and ending your day and your work day when you always commuted. You came to another way of starting and ending your day and your work day when you were at home. And those two were not the same. And so the second one that we divide, we developed over time at home may not even be serving us, but the reality is it's going to be different than the one back in the office. And so being conscious and thinking about those habits and routines that are serving us or not are going to be critical to our long-term success individually and collectively. What I love about these questions, Kevin, is how they're not the typical close-ended questions we typically ask. You know, the ones where, although we're asking someone a question, what we're really doing is getting the person to either confirm what we already know or to focus only on what we think is important to care about. Right. But with these four questions, we're forcing ourselves to take a moment and honestly evaluate, am I putting my efforts on things that will have the biggest impact, create the most benefit for my team and organization? And as you ended up here, am I really using my time effectively here? And I think these are important questions for us to consider as many leaders are trying to figure out what a hybrid work environment will look like in their organization. For example, maybe there are times where you want your team back in the office because you need to access a whiteboard because your team's better at coming up with ideas or solutions when they can see them being mapped out visually. But aside from those moments that it doesn't make sense for people to have to be in the office nine to five because they're able to get more work done elsewhere where they have less distractions. Yeah, we're big believers that you can abs absolutely collaborate as well when you're apart. And yet many people do miss that whiteboard and all those things. And so if that's true for you and your team, and certainly we can have richer communication if we're face-to-face. -face. So again, to your point, leveraging the time when we're together to do the things that make the most sense when we're together, uh, which, which should also then create more uh, deep thinking, deep working time when we're apart because we're not going to be interrupted as often uh, by, those, by those meetings and maybe as many of those Microsoft uh, Teams instant messages or Slack instant messages. So, Kevin, I want to go back to one of the four common causes you write about in your book for why we can lose our motivation when working remotely. 
and that is the issue of a lack of effective feedback. But before we discuss how to provide meaningful feedback in a remote setting, there's another issue we have to address before, and that is the issue of effective communication in a remote setting. Now, we all remember in that first year of the pandemic, the problem of suffering from Zoom fatigue. But as leaders prepare for some form of a hybrid work arrangement in the organization, what are some issues they need to be mindful of to ensure they are, in fact, communicating effectively? Well, I would start here that you've got a whole array of tools at your disposal, right? From from your your web meeting platform, whether it's Microsoft Teams or whatever, from your instant messaging platform, from your email, from your phone, uh, from your uh, shared documents folders, and all sorts of things. You've got all sorts of communication tools available to you. And uh, the biggest challenge for us is to say, which is the best tool to reach our communication goal? Because communication isn't sending messages. It's having messages that we sent be received and understood. And so different tools have different best uses. Like, uh, Tanvir, I'm going to my farm here in a few days. And when I walk into the shop, I bet I have 20 hammers. I have hammers of all sorts and all sizes. I have, among other things, I have three sledgehammers. Now, among all those hammers, I have a favorite. It happens to be one of those sledgehammers. And if I need to put a nail in the wall, I could use a sledgehammer, but that's really the wrong tool. And so that's the same metaphor for all of the communication tools we have. And so my favorite might be email, but we've all been in an email exchange, two or three messages in that's going hmm, sideways at best right? It's the wrong tool. Email is not good for a conversation. In fact, we get out of that by getting on the phone or turning on our webcams. In fact, that's the, that's the expectation in our team. If you're three emails in and it's not working, someone needs to pick up a phone or turn on a webcam. And it's just a matter of wrong tool for the task. doesn't mean you throw email away. It means it's not the right tool for certain situations. I'm not going to throw that sledgehammer away either. But if I'm going to put a nail on the wall, I've got two or three other hammers that are a lot better choice. I think it's also important to point out here that this problem doesn't happen only with emails. This is a problem that can occur with text messaging as well. I know I've been included in some work text chains where I was included on a group chain because I need to provide some details. But once my part was done, I was still getting notifications about an ongoing conversation that I didn't need to be involved in. But I still had to stop what I was doing to check because I wasn't sure. It was only after a number of texts that I asked if the others could remove me from the text chain as it was more a distraction than informative or helpful. 100%. I mean, I used email as the example, but we could we could do that with every other tool, right? Um, back to your point about Zoom fatigue, a lot of people say, well, if we're going to have a conversation, we're going to be in our webcams and everything else being equal, I would agree with that. And yet it doesn't always require that. You know, sometimes I, I think the most underutilized communication tool we've had over the past couple of years has been our phone used as a phone, right? Right. We don't always need the richness of the, of the person's face. Uh, sometimes a phone call is just fine. Yep. I mean, I'm sure this is true for you, but I did coaching calls with leaders around the world on the phone for many years. So I don't have to do all of them on, on a zoom web, web uh, camera scenario. Although we often do don't always have to think about the communication output outcome, message received and understood, and what's the best tool to get us there, rather than going by default or by our personal favorites. Excellent point. Excellent point. 
Okay, so with this in mind, Kevin, I'd like to talk with you about how we can get better at giving it and also receiving feedback in these remote settings where it becomes even more critical that we're communicating to our employees to help them not only understand where they're creating value, but that they feel appreciated for the things they're doing that are helping their teammates get their work done. In fact, one study revealed how 64% of employees leave their jobs not for better pay, but because they feel unappreciated in their current job. So what are some things we need to be mindful of in not only giving feedback, but also receiving feedback as part of a remote team? Well, let's start with the in the as as my co-author Wayne Jamel says in the before days in the pre-COVID days, right? It's not like we were really good at feedback then. No, right. So first of all, if we would just apply what we what we knew or could have known then, we'd be way ahead. Which is more frequent, formal as well as informal, and all those things, right? So, it, like if we would just apply what we know as the fundamental principles for feedback, we'd be way ahead. Uh, but a couple of nuances for doing it at a distance. And one is we do have to look for more opportunities. We can use multiple tools. Not every time does it have to be, you know, I give feedback to my team often in an email, especially positive. There's something powerful about something positive being written so people can refer to it again and, and kind of put it in their memory bank. Pretty much everybody I know has a file, digital or on paper or both of the of those kinds of notes. And I think that can and should be a part of our process. Um, we need to, as leaders, make sure that every time we have a one-on-one, that part of what we're doing is giving people feedback, thinking about letting them know, as you said, about what they're doing well, what we appreciate, being specific, talking about meaningful things, uh, and not just waiting for the annual performance review or whatever you might happen to call it in your organization. So making it an ongoing part of our role as a leader and really as teammates, right? So if I'm a team member uh, and I see my boss giving me feedback and asking for feedback regularly, I'm much more likely to do it with my peers as well. So Kevin, as I mentioned at the start of our conversation, for many leaders and organizations, it's really not a choice between some form of a hybrid work environment or pushing a return to office. But what makes the most sense for their employees and organization to balance both the evolving approach to the way we work and what will allow us to be effective in not just achieving our goals, but in driving innovation and growth in the years to come. So for those leaders who are trying to solve this issue, what are some key points they should take into consideration right now? Well, I think you're balancing two major factors. And one is, to me, leadership is about reaching valuable outcomes with and through others. And in that are the two things we have to consider. What are the needs and wants of others? in the context of the output or the work. And so too many organizations have been leaning one way or the other. We're gonna bring everybody back because that's how we want to work. Uh, or we feel like we need to bow to the needs of our people because we're afraid we're gonna lose them all to the great resignation, right? And the right answer is in between. And if we're doing a good job of helping our teams understand what the purpose and mission is, um, and helping them then come together with us to determine what's the best way for us to balance the needs for flexibility with the needs of the business or organization, we'll get better results. So I think it's thinking about that balance between outcomes 
and others, and not trying to do it in a vacuum, not trying to do it alone, but doing it with your team. If you, if you have engaged team members that understand where you're trying to go, they'll help you come to great results. The biggest single complaint that we hear is they're making us come back to the office, but I'm just doing the same work at the office I did at home. Hmm. And we've, we've hit on that from several different angles over the last few minutes. So it's really, this is a moment, Tanvir, this is a moment that matters. This is a fundamental shift in the way society thinks about work. And it's, we would have gotten here eventually in another 20 years, but we got here much faster because of a pandemic. And so now as leaders, it gives us a big opportunity to think about the future. And it really comes down to balancing outcomes and others. And we do that well, and we do that collaboratively, we'll come to the right answers. And the right answers for your organization might be different than from mine or from somebody else's. And that's okay, because the future of work is going to be far more flexible and far different and far less cookie cutter than it ever was before. 100% agreed. I think when it comes to work, that is probably the biggest takeaway we have to get, which is to understand that we are moving away from a cookie cutter approach to work where I could work at company A, then move and work at company B. And aside from, you know, the messaging and the icons on the wall and the color scheme, it's pretty much the same. Whereas now, just like we see with marketing and we see with other types of forms of messaging and collaborating with customers and clients, where you have to be more personalized in your messaging, you have to be more clear about the customer journey. The same thing is now applying internally in terms of our employees, the kind of work that we need them to contribute to achieve our long-term goals. And I think once we start understanding better and getting clarity around that, I think it'll help us move from that approach of busyness to the work we do to a clarity of a sense of purpose behind how I'm contributing to this larger goal, connecting to the team that I'm involved in. Yeah, it's not about activity. It's about accomplishment. 100% agree with you. And Kevin, I definitely think you've given our listeners some food for thought on an issue that's certainly top of mind for many leaders right now. So I'm so grateful to have you come on my podcast, Kevin. And it's always a pleasure to speak with you, my friend. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. It was worth the wait. Definitely. I'm sure a lot of people got a lot of value out of your insights and appreciated hearing your thoughts on this very timely and important issue, Kevin. So thanks again. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. As I mentioned to Kevin at the start of our conversation, the issue of how to create remote work options that would be effective for an organization has been a common discussion point I've had with executives and other business leaders through my speaking and workshop work. And so I appreciate Kevin coming on the podcast to shed some light and offer some ideas on how leaders can ensure they'll continue to be successful in this new approach to the way we work. If you'd like to learn more about Kevin's book and his work, check out the show notes for this episode on our podcast page at tavinasir.com slash LBC. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. If you go to our podcast page at tavinasir.com slash LBC, you'll find links to subscribe to our podcast on all the major streaming platforms. And if you could, it'd be great if you could rate and review my podcast as well, wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. I'm Tavin Nasir, and you've been listening to Leadership Biz Cafe. 